Hello, good morning. I'm here to talk about paradoxes such as that this morning. Just a few days ago, I was in Yosemite National Park. Oh my gosh. My first time. I know. What have I been doing? And it is absolutely magnificent. And I I got to go to see Vernal Falls. Have anybody been there? Exquisite. And along the way, there are these gigantic boulders. I think they're granite. I don't know what they are, but they're like immovable, right? And I stopped at one of these rocks. There was a tree growing out of the rock. A a sequoia seed had landed there some, I don't know how long ago, and decided to take root in nothing. Now, there's another paradox. Life needs nutrients, moisture, opportunity, support, soil. (laughs) And yet, none was available. But the sequoia seed decided to grow there. Not just eke out a living, thrive. And then I walked around the side of the rock, and there it must have found a little crack. And it was pushing its roots down into the boulder and said, get out of the way, I'm growing here. Phew. I'll talk about that in a moment, because then I had to drive up to uh, Reno, Nevada for a, 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 a work event, and then I found there's another national forest there on the mountain range between Reno and Tahoe, Mount Rose, I think it's called. And there was a six-mile hike to um, Hunter Creek Falls, that's what it was. And on the hike, going in, I could see one view very steep, <laughs> and kind of hidden, so you couldn't see where, the, where it was going to go. So a little anxiety and challenge in the going there. Then on the way back, a completely different view, because from the higher elevation, I could see the path. Less anxiety Not only that, because the sun was in a different position, all the colors changed. And I I took a moment to think, wow, both of these paths are valid. Both of these points of view are true, but they couldn't be more different. And I took a moment to ask myself, I wonder where in my life (laughs) I need to take a breath and turn around and look at things from a different perspective, get another look. I have an example of that. After the drive, then I'm driving along with my partner in the car, and a call comes through. And so I took the call, and it's on the speakerphone so he could hear the whole conversation. So after the conversation, which wasn't that pleasant, I expressed my frustration to my partner about just how that person spoke to me the tone of their voice, and how it upset me in the, you know, the whole thing. And my partner listened to me, and then he said, I didn't hear it that way at all. <laughs> Same conversation, two different views, right? 
oh, it was very difficult for me to get off of my position, you know, because I wanted to defend it and say, there is only one correct way to see this. <laughs> but right there next to me was somebody who I respect, who had a completely different experience of the conversation. So I considered, just like the path on Mount Rose, that perhaps both paths were valid. Both views were true. And that allowed me to drop this idea of right and wrong. They're both true. And then I could move forward into something more meaningful. How do I want to show up? Then that became more available to me. More than how do I want to defend my position which is a painful path. Oh, you know, this is something that we deal with in extensively in the class that is starting tomorrow, Self-Mastery. We use Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements, and we match it to our signs of method to see is there a better way for me to incorporate and accept all of it. So that's coming up. Now, I'm sharing all of this with you because this month's focus is on paradoxes. Paradoxes are two seemingly opposite or contradictory things that are both true. <laughs> In our teaching, we have several of them. We have the paradox of oneness. We are from, we say, we are from the same spiritual source, and yet we are unique and as different as can be. So oneness, it turns out, is not the same as sameness. And unity produces diversity. We say there is one universal truth. And yet, it is practiced and understood and expressed in endless, endless different ways. One life, different paths, different views. And to try to argue with that is just painful. You know, when I try to force life to make sense my way, <laughs> when I try to make life be predictable, that's when I get fed up and stuck. <sighs> Kent M. Keith is an author. He, he wrote a book about paradoxes that I really enjoy. And it's about the power of not giving up when you encounter a paradox. It, it talks about how when we are motivated by what's in our heart, a genuine concern for others, that that in that moment, we can and will make valuable contributions to the world, even though there will be challenges. Because, as he says, we may not always get the thanks and the recognition for the good that we do in the world. So his story is wonderful. It's an example of this paradox. Here's what he says. He was working with students in the 60s, and he was trying to encourage them to be motivated by a genuine concern for others, while at the same time accepting that they might not always uh, get the satisfaction immediately from the work that they were doing. He says, I saw a lot of idealistic young people go out into the world to do what they thought was right and good and true, 
only to come back a short time later discouraged and embittered because they got negative feedback or because nobody appreciated them or they failed to get the results that they had hoped for. I told them that if they were going to change the world, they had to really love people. And if they did, that love would sustain them. And I also told them that they couldn't be in it for fame or glory. I said that if they did what was right and good and true, they would find meaning and satisfaction and that meaning and satisfaction would be enough. And if they had meaning, they wouldn't need the glory. And then to support that, he wrote this list that he called the Ten Paradoxical Commandments, which I will read to you. And I've read them before, and they're so good. But he wrote these paradoxical commandments to challenge the students to keep on doing good, even when the world seemed at odds with itself or their intention or rejected them. 25 years later, after he wrote the paradoxical commandments he was attending a rotary meeting and a mother Teresa had just passed away and so the presenter at the meeting got up and read a poem that mother Teresa had written to start the meeting and as he sat there listening to the poem chills went down his spine because he was listening to something that he had written 30 years ago being attributed to Mother Teresa. It had made its way, this ten paradoxical commandments, all around the world, even to India, where someone thought it a good and important idea to use it and put it on the wall to inspire people to do what's in their heart and assigned it to Mother Teresa. There he was sitting after giving all of his students the encouragement to do good anyway, even though they might not get the record. And there he was, right in the... <laughs> so he wrote a book about his work, and he called it Anyway. <laughs> and in it, he reminds us that life doesn't always make sense. He reminds us that life isn't always fair. So let's go back to that sequoia seed on the boulder. I'm imagining it. There it is, landing, boom, on a barren boulder. And it looks out, and just there, 50 feet away, is rich soil, water, nutrients, support, social services, recognition. <laughs> I'm imagining the little seed saying, What did I do? This is not fair. But you know what? I've got to grow. I've got to grow anyway. I'm not going to just work with what I've got. No. I'm going to thrive. In the book, Dr. Kent advises us, it is best, he says, to begin by just admitting that the world is crazy. And it really doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, that takes the pressure off for me. I love that. What a good place to start. Because on the spiritual reality, I can say, and we do say, that everything is part of the perfect, balanced, orderly wholeness of the universe. 
And at the same time, on the level of day-to-day -day life, the, the, it's complicated. I mean, if we just look at how we treat each other across the planet, how we treat the planet, how we treat people who are different, how we treat people who have different political points of view, how we treat people who are suffering, doesn't make sense. And that senselessness can discourage us because it's paradoxical that we have one sense of unity and oneness and at the same time there's this division and fracturing. And the message of the book is that although the world itself doesn't make sense, you can with your heart, I can with my heart, we can. If we keep keeping on if we keep on if we keep our eye on the goal which at the center would be a world that works for everyone keep our goal clear on love on connection on kindness on inclusion on compassion whatever it is for you Now, I'm going to read those 10 paradoxical commandments for you and when I do they might come across at first as a little negative a little judgmental. Yet, when we look below the surface of the words, they, well, they become statements of hope and encouragement. Here they are. People are illogical, unreasonable, and self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Do good anyway. If you are successful, you will win false friends and true enemies. Succeed anyway. The good you do today will be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable. Be honest and frank anyway. The biggest women and men with the biggest ideas can be shot down by the smallest women and men with the smallest minds. <laughs> Think big anyway. People favor underdogs, but they follow only the top dogs. Stand up for a few underdogs anyway. <laughs> What you spend your years building may be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. People really need help, but sometimes they may attack you if you do help them. Help people anyway. Give the world the best you have, and you'll get kicked in the teeth. <laughs> Give the world the best you have anyway. Now, these commandments... They remind me of our practice that we have at the center at the end of the service when we practice accepting life and people and situations just the way that they are and just the way that they are not. Because that's a way of bringing the paradox out into the open. I don't know about you, but when I do that, when I say that, then that's when I have the opportunity to step back, so to speak, to refocus, to maybe look in a new direction and decide how do I want to be in this life when things are just the way that they are. Am I going to grow? 
anyway? Am I going to love anyway? Am I going to shift my perspective and take it all in and keep going anyway? Yes, it, it, it could be better if I was taller or thiser or younger or there or here, but oh, anyway, I have a life that must be lived. I love that response to life's contradictions and paradoxes and ambiguity. I love that. I'll say it again. Love anyway. Do good anyway. Grow anyway. Be honest anyway. Advocate for the vulnerable anyway. Build anyway. Help anyway. Give anyway. On page 10 of his little book, he writes these words. Yes, the world is crazy. It doesn't make sense to you. And if it doesn't make sense to you, you're right. It really doesn't make sense. The point is, though, not to complain about it. <laughs> the point is not to give up hope. The, the point is this. The world doesn't make sense, but you can make sense. You can find your personal meaning, and that's what it's about. Finding your personal meaning in a crazy world. You have a life to live. You landed where you landed. You have a life to live. Now, thinking about all these words, I ask myself, what do I believe <laughs> when it comes to helping and living anywhere? And I think this is what it is. When I, I make helping other people part of my life, that's when I get a sense of being part of something larger than my narrow worldview. When I put aside trying to fix the paradoxes and contradictions of the world, something softens and I can come from that self-center within me with curiosity and compassion and be in the world. Yes, it is true that you and I may not always be recognized, appreciated, thanked. It's true. But sometimes we are. I mentioned I was in Reno. I was there to speak at the 60th anniversary of our community in Reno. And they had a table of memorabilia over there. Ten years ago, our staff wrote a card to that community congratulating them on their 50th anniversary. It was no big thing for us to write a little card and say some sweet things, but it meant the world to them, and they saved it and displayed it on the table with their precious things. Isn't that something? The poem by Emily Dickinson comes to mind. 
If I can stop one heart from breaking, I shall not live in vain. If I can ease one life the aching or cool one pain or help one fainting robin unto his nest again, I shall not live in vain. It is important for me also to say that sometimes we may find ourselves in a position in life of needing help rather than being able to give it. And there are times when the very best we can do is just show up to be loved. I know that. And at such times, it's appropriate and important to show up to receive. If you find yourself ever in a place like that, one wonderful service to take advantage of is our after-service in-person prayer or on Zoom prayer. Start there. Fill up your tanks until you can share from the overflow. Now, in closing, uh, I took some time to think about what developing a paradox mindset would be of benefit. How would that be of benefit? And here are six benefits that I've identified for me, and I, I wrote them down because I, I wanted to get clear, and I even posted them on our center website if you want to refer to them while you're making your own list. Here are the benefits that a paradox mindset gives to me. Number one, cultivating compassion and empathy because it allows me to better understand and appreciate that others may have a different yet valid way of perceiving and experiencing reality. That's the first. The second, it helps me cope with uncertainty and change. It helps me come to terms with life's unpredictability and the inevitability of changes and surprises and uncontrollable challenges, and these may make me stronger. Number three, it helps reduce attachment in me to fixed expectations. It enables me to let go of my rigid expectations about how things should be. And so instead of being fixated on a single outcome, I can pivot and be open and adapt a little more. Number four, it helps me see the world from multiple perspectives when I embrace paradoxes, and that helps me to be open to view the world from different angles when I consider those different viewpoints. And that can lead me to be more informed and make more informed and more nuanced decisions. The fifth benefit of a paradox mind is this. It helps me move beyond my own rigid mindset. It helps me break free from this theory of mine that says, my way or the highway. It allows me greater flexibility in thinking and interacting with others. The sixth one is that it encourages curiosity in me and wonder and humility. Embracing paradox encourages a sense of curiosity about the complexities of life 
It builds in me a sense of wonder about its mysteries and humility in the face of the vastness of human knowledge and experience. So I wrote that after I prepared my notes for myself because I wanted to really take in the importance of embracing life's contradictions, ambivalence, differences, paradoxes, confusions, rather than run from them or try to control them. I hope you will write your own list. Or perhaps you respond better to prompting questions. I know sometimes I do. So I created some questions for your consideration. Here's something you might think about this week. Number one, what is another way to think about this situation I'm facing? Number two, how might someone I trust have a different experience of the situation I'm going through? Next, what are two other right answers to this question I'm wrestling with? And finally, if I viewed this from another angle, what might I see? Fun times. We're going to delve into paradox all month. I can hardly wait. I invite you to take a breath in and to exhale as we turn within to, into a moment of spiritual practice, contemplation. And let each one of us, according to our own way and understanding, bring into awareness that which is the creator of all things. Some call it spirit, some call it love, the ground of all being, the eternal one, the lover of my soul, as we sang. It is that which, by whatever name, is everywhere present, eternally present. That which itself was not created, but is creation, creating through its creation. It is that which is in everything that appears and everything that has yet to appear. It is that which is the author of all stories and the substance of all being. It exists in all dimensions. And through this prayer then, I am along with everyone in the sanctuary recognizing I am part of that. There is that within me which is creative. There is that within me which is life. I am, along with every person in the sanctuary, an expression of this eternal reality. And so as I breathe through this prayer, I let myself realize the holiness of that awareness, the wholeness of that awareness the flexibility in creation and possibility in that awareness. And so I let drop from me any manipulation, any control as best as I'm able, any computation or rearranging or reaching or pushing or pulling so that I may sink deeply into where I am, where love is, so that I may be present in this eternal moment where life is, so that I may think with ease, my mind flowing like water, 
where creativity is, where endless possibility resides. And I feel that with deep gratitude as from some place within me a resounding urge to express the wholeness of life as me emerges. And along with that, I feel a deep sense of appreciation for the diversity in which life expresses the holiness that I perceive everywhere. And as I bring this moment of prayer to completion, I feel deeply that something has moved in me, carrying me to that which is next for me to express in this world. And to bring this prayer to a close, I invite you to say with me, and so it is. <laughs>